powerful collaborations, cutting-edge science, and curious minds coming together for a glimpse of the future. Stay tuned as we look at the latest updates on some of the most promising technology projects. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Peter Ballant from Technicon. Today, we will look at the EPIC project once again. EPIC is focusing on overhauling today's error correction algorithms for the next generation of superfast wireless network speeds. In simple terms, EPIC is ensuring that you get the most error-free data communication experience possible. In this episode, we speak with Onur Sahin. He's an engineer and manager from Interdigital Communications in London. Interdigital is an EPIC partner contributing years of experience in digital communications. They research the development of new forward error correction technologies. Welcome to our podcast, Owner. Thank you, Peter. EPIC is all about making sure that everyday electronic communications equipment will continue to function at future network speeds that are dramatically increased. Can you give us an example of what kinds of devices these might be? Well, absolutely. Um, I think when we say everyday electronic equipment, so wanting to distinguish, EPIC is positioning itself for future technologies. And that also means future electronic equipment. So there are some examples we can give today, like mobile phones or gaming equipment, so on and so forth. But the real impact of EPIC will be for future technologies, products that we are not even sure of at the moment. So that's the beauty of the project. Um, we have some guesses, very wild guesses, like looking at a crystal ball uh, in a way. So one of the primary one that we foresee, which might have highest potential, is AR VR goggles. Um, so we see the initial releases, products everywhere, but they're not mainstream. So um, in order them to be mainstream, um, you need very high data rates to support these devices. And EPIC and the technology behind EPIC will be crucial, we hope, or we think, uh, behind these products, AR, VR goggles. Um, the other use cases or products will be 360 video uh, monitors. And those monitors could be hologram based or it could be physical. Again, we do not know at the moment. Um, but in order to support very realistic, haptic, interactive 360 video, ultra high definition, uh, again, we will rely on, we will have to rely on very high network speeds. And there are core technologies that will enable this. And EPIC is one of those technologies. Um, some other examples uh, we have thought is um, are um, in the network, a real infrastructure. So every base station is connected to other cloud units through fiber. Um, in the future, we anticipate that some of these equipment, network equipment, as we denote, they will be connected in wireless fashion. So we will need to come up with wireless technologies um, to make the network um, seamlessly connected. Um, yeah, so those are pretty much the our guesses, best guesses, where EPIC <laughs> could be um, uh, relevant for future electronic equipment. Okay, and let's just back up one moment. Uh, you mentioned AR, VR goggles. Um, for the people that don't know what that is, can you can you explain? Oh, of course. So that is uh, augmented reality, virtual reality. 
goggles. So those are the goggles, um, for instance, Facebook has one, uh, Oculus, for instance. Um, so the goggles, you, you put the goggles um, and um, in augmented reality, there is a layer, virtual layer on top of the physical layer that you see, you observe in the real world. Or virt virtual reality uh, takes you to a virtual world, literally in a 3D environment and uh, you could interact with the virtual objects around you. Um, and you could also communicate with others which are far away and as if you're sitting next to each other. So those are literally the physical goggles um, that um, any, anyone can use, or anyone will use, we anticipate in the future, which will probably replace the, the mobile phones as we use today. Okay. And the reason you bring up the AR VR goggles is because they're so data intensive. Is that it? That's that absolutely the case. They're extremely data in intensive. And the main reason is that um, these things, the beta of these products or technologies is that they are trying to be at least as realistic as possible. So in order to bring this reality, um, you have to transport the environment everything you want to see when you put the goggles on, right next to that equipment. And that is huge bandwidth, huge data that you need to transport in real time from wherever this data is coming from, right onto Google uh, that you, you will be using. So uh, that those are the, the, the technologies, products uh, that will consume substantial amount of, of uh, bandwidth throughput in the, in the future. Okay. And the way that you're doing this in Epic is you're focusing on forward error correction, which uh, maybe you can give an idea of what that means to our listeners who may not be familiar. I mean, we all know this, we talk about it um, all the time, but uh, I don't think the average person has an idea about the uh, error correction that has to go on in normal wireless communication, for example. No, absolutely. So, um, first of all, for error correction, FEC, it is um, one of the main components of any wireless systems. And the reason is kind of obvious. So, when you transmit a signal um, over a wireless medium, there is all uh, different sources that impact or that degrade the, the wireless signal. So, it's, it's noise, for instance, white noise. There is white noise in the universe or in, in, in life that we observe. So when you transmit a signal, uh, they are degraded by noise, by the device imperfections, so on and so forth. So there is never such thing that you transmit a wireless signal and you receive it perfectly because we're not living in perfect environment. There are so many <laughs> <laughs> imperfections, yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah. So in order to recover what was degraded or what was in error, we use forward error correction. So what it is, is that um, it is an algorithmic block. It's actually a hardware unit. If we open up your phone, if we um, disaggregate the phone in different components, you will see a chip, a very tiny chip, that is actually doing this. So it takes the wireless signals that you want to transmit. It runs some very smart algorithms on top of the signal, and then it after that, it goes through other modules in the electronic equipment and transmitted. That's the transmitter. And at the receiver, the receiver receives these wireless signals 
knowing that smart algorithms, it also performs other algorithms to recover the signals that were in error. So that is the principle of forward error correction. And due to uh, dynamicity of, of wireless environments and all, uh, it is a core enabler in order to transmit and receive data stream uh, without error or with as minimal error as possible. And if we didn't have forward error correction, it seems like the receiver side would say, I didn't get that, send it again. I didn't get it, send it again. Um, and the message would have to be sent over and over and over. Um, we kind of alleviate that with forward error correction, right? That's true. And actually, even though receiver says, send send me back, send me back, there, there, there will be cases that it will never be possible to transmit any data, particularly when we increase the data rates. Uh, to put it boldly. So if we did not have forward error correction, we would not have 3G, we would not have 4G, we would not have 5G. So these blocks are making it possible to transmit any packets over wireless or even wired medium. So because there are errors in wired communications as well, in, even in fiber, in ethernet cables, uh, so on and so forth. And when I look on your webpage, uh, every all of your efforts seem to be focused on the beyond five G speeds. Um, how would you explain that beyond five G to someone who maybe has limited knowledge of communication speeds? No, absolutely. Speeds? So um, yeah. So if if we first of all consider five G, uh, which is about to be rolled out, and in two years, three years time, we expect that to be a mainstream technology. We are talking about peak throughputs, uh, reported or, or marketed peak throughputs in the order of 20 gigabit per second. So which means that you will be able to download an HD movie to our movie within four seconds on your mobile phone, on your laptop. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah, that is marketed speed. So what we are targeting is 50 times higher speeds and what 5G markets. It's one terabit per second. Uh -huh. So um, what does that mean? Again, in terms of uh, use cases, there are no use cases actually in need of those data rates or those bandwidths. But um, if you look at any prediction or any trajectory, how these data rates consumptions have been happening in the last 30 years, there is a very steady trend. So if you will remember in 3G times 10 years ago, if you look at how much data you were using with your mobile operator, I would argue that it would be less than, let's say, 100 megabytes. Then came 4G. Right. Now you're using gigabytes of data, right? Your packets, your data cap. In 5G, mm -hmm. it will be in the order of hundreds of gigabytes, maybe terabytes. So when we go above uh, or beyond 5G, in beyond 5G, the data requirement per person will be easily higher orders of terabit per second. So those are the data rates we are aiming. And again, that's I think it's a very critical point. Um, Epic is a technology push uh, project. It's not a market pull. So we push a technology pretty uh -huh. much laying the ground and saying that, look, we built the infrastructure, we built the enablers, the creatives, use case providers, application providers, you have the enablers, come up with the next Facebook, come up with next AR, VR goggles, come up with next Apple product, 
So it's a core technology push project. Okay. Yeah, this is interesting. I had not heard it referred to in that way before. And so you have the data to show that data speeds will increase and you are building for that time, which is kind of interesting that you don't know exactly what you're building for, but you have a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you yeah. look at any, any actually any technology cycle, the 3G technologies were built without knowing that there would be iPhone. 4G technologies were built without knowing that we would have WhatsApp everywhere. No one knew about WhatsApp. No one knew about iPhone when 3G was built. The cycle is about five, 10 years before the products were released. So these are the technology innovation actually moves in a more technology push or R&D, I should correct myself, the R&D of technology. It's more technology push fashion, not market pull, or we need this product, come up with a technology. Um, that also happens, but majority of the R&D happens uh, in terms of pushing the envelope in, in scientific uh, state of the art, and then comes the products on top. So again, if you look at 3G R&D, that was significantly before when first iPhone 1 was released. And then if you look at 4G, everything IP and everything connected um, in, in a seamless fashion and all, then came WhatsApps, then came Facebooks. So now we are in 5G, we are in beyond 5G research era, uh, we have some guesses about what the uh, applications, services will be. But what we are really doing is we are pushing the envelope in, in science, in, in engineering, regarding the uh, state of the art, re- regarding the enablers. Okay, so there's a lot of work being done in, in Epic. What is your particular role in this project? You mean as interdigital? Um, Myself or... Let's talk about you first. What do you do for Epic? And then we could maybe talk about your company, Interdigital, and what do they bring to the table as well? Sure. Um, so myself, I am the um, main representative of, of the uh, company at Epic Project. Um, and um, I focus on the Polar Code research and development in the project. Uh, myself and my team at Interdigital, um, we have been doing... Um, research um, in in developing new polar code technologies. So from technical perspective, um, that is my involvement in the project. And the other hat I carry uh, in the project is that I am the dissemination lead and, and standardization lead of, of EPIC project. So what it means is that uh, this amazing technology is created, developed by partners. Um, I take them and I disseminate them as much as possible in different foras and standardization meetings. Um, so this is a collaborative project. So even though individual partners create their own technologies, we have a lot of collaborations and it's my responsibility in this project to disseminate all this novel new technologies in the most appropriate um, venues and, and foras. Um, so these two are my key uh, roles in the company. Technical role to help develop new polar codes, dissemination, standardization role to take the technologies developed in the in the project and and disseminate it uh, as broadly as impactful as possible. 
Okay, and with your dissemination duties, does that include publications too? So if if you have um, discoveries that you publish, uh, do you share these things right away? Um, absolutely. Or? So um, so we do absolutely. Every partner um, individually publishes their work, but we also have joint publications. So as partners together, we publish uh, co-authored or joint uh, scientific publications. We absolutely do that. And once we invent technology, depending on, again, the strategy of every partner, some partners or most partners would like to protect their ideas, which means um, they go through some patenting procedure, uh, patent applications. After those applications are cleared, the next step, immediate step for us, which is very critical, is to publicize what we have invented, what we have uh, developed in the project. So uh, the answer is absolutely yes. That is a very critical part of the overall dissemination uh, effort in the project. Okay. And owner, what about tangibles or something to, or demonstrators? In, in many projects, uh, the, the end result is having a demonstrator. Is there anything like that in this case with Epic? We definitely do. Um, actually, uh, <laughs> kind of a sad story. We wanted to demo our technologies at Mobile World Congress uh, in February. Uh, as you know, that is the biggest industry uh, forum uh, and exhibition uh, venue in the world. So each year it's in Barcelona, um, 500,000 people attend MWC wow. each year. Yeah, it's one of the largest events in the world. And we have prepared everything, all our demos and all, and literally a week or two weeks before the event got canceled because of obvious reasons, uh, COVID uh, reason. Um, wow, so, incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the demos we have um, is um, a hardware platform, uh, size of a 20 centimeter to 20 centimeter hardware board, which we call FPGA, um, where we implement our technologies, these algorithms in software and architecture build up, hardware architecture on this FPGA. And we demonstrate in real time what data rates throughputs we, we obtain um, during the experimentation or during the exhibition. So uh, in this demo, in this hardware platforms, we were able to demonstrate up to 200 gigabit per second in real time. So um, if we had the exhibition, a person would come, press the button, and this fancy, highly complex algorithms would run on this hardware platform and in a monitor, you would see in real time what the throughputs were. And we had a very nice chart showing 5G speeds and uh, the results we obtain are 10 to 20 times higher than 5G's uh, peak data rates, throughputs. Um, so we have this demo. Um, we didn't have a chance to demonstrate, uh, but we're hoping that there will be other opportunities uh, to show. Um, and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask, will you have that opportunity? I mean, Epic is done. The project itself is done, I think, at the end of this year. So is it, uh, can you can you still show this uh, this product yeah, it's along actually, the line somewhere? Yeah, yeah. The, the project will be done actually not even end of the year. It will be done by October. Uh, yeah, and uh, to our knowledge, all events in the foreseeable future are canceled 
we are hoping that even the project is over, of course, that needs discussions among the partners to have this demonstrations um, presented at, at uh, some of the important venues. So the answer is uh, we are very hopeful, but at the moment, unfortunately, we don't even know a particular event that we could bring these um, demos for exhibition. Yeah, that's a real shame. You put in all that work and then you can't do anything with it. So I hope that at some point you'll be able to demonstrate this in, in a meaningful way. That's very and, true. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and, and gain some traction with your with your work and your research. Exactly. And I want to ask you, um, again, personally, at the end of Epic, what does success look like? When will you be happy? Yeah, I, I don't think that ever comes, you know, in a research project. <laughs> okay. There's no such thing. Fair that, enough. You know, that's it. Um, but I think we're already happy because when we started the project, we had very precise um, requirements to achieve. We said, okay, we will... And we had no idea if we would be successful or not, but that's how research is done, right? So we said, okay, we want to achieve this one terabit per second bandwidth throughputs, which is 50 times higher than 5G. Um, and I'm very happy to say that it was a success. So we have a real-time demonstration. We have all the technologies, uh, implementations, and, and you know any demonstration uh, that, that we are able to prove that it's possible. So based on our algorithms, technologies developed in the project over more than two years. Um, so that's that's excellent. So the real achievement for us would be that uh, the results or the, the technology we have developed will, will receive traction in the industry and they will be part, at least part of, part of discussions for beyond 5G um, era, um, meaning that, okay, we need these technology for their correction. Which technology are we going to use? If Epic can play a role there, saying, okay, we have developed this, have a look. And if it is accepted or considered or discussed, that would be a real uh, happy moment, I'm pretty sure, for all of us in the Epic project. Okay, and give us an idea of, I know you can't say exactly when, but something like this to become... Um to become used in mainstream society, how long does this generally take? Could this be in the next two years, for example? Oh, uh, no. Two years is a very short time in R&D, uh, okay. being in product. It's it's extremely short time. So uh, that timeline is rather clear. The R&D timeline is clear. So uh, 5G research will carry on another five years. That will be the 5G core research is completed as of this month, actually, last month. Uh, but upcoming five years, we anticipate will be enhancement of 5G technologies. And after that, 2025, we expect 6G um, era discussions to kick off. So requirements, fundamental technologies, so on and so forth. So within that five to 10 year window, we expect that these technologies will be uh, considered or investigated in, in great depth. Um, and the, the first products, in my humble opinion, uh, will be in market by 2030. So I, I, I have a, I have a perspective, I, I have um, an opinion or, or, or estimate, guesstimate um, of them being in mainstream by 2030. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you're almost at the end of the project and it sounds like you're, you're happy with the way things have come along thus far. 
So I could wish you much luck for the rest of the project and uh, whatever it is, wherever this technology happens to take you. And thanks for, for doing the project, first of all, for advancing science and technology. And also thanks for taking a little bit of time to try to explain to someone who might be out of the loop on the technology side a little bit about what you're doing. I, I think it's important that people understand what's really behind the technology that they use. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Peter. I hope uh, I gave a bit of a glimpse on what we are have been doing. Uh, and I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, I think the key thing is explaining in plain terms what all these core or advanced technology projects are about. And, and it's possible. Um, and um, hopefully we will see traction or EPIC will be one of the core technology components of, of 6G. Uh, and we will remember these days as real, like uh, the intense, uh, <laughs> long, long research days as a very happy and, and pr uh, prideful moments. Yeah, that would be quite a payoff for all of you when exactly. this technology is finally used to its fullest. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks Thank for you. all the information. We'll Thank talk you. soon. Thank you very okay. much. For more information about the EPIC project, check out their website, epic-h2020.eu. This podcast has been brought to you by Technicon. The EPIC project has received funding from the European Union's H2020 Research and Innovation Program under grant agreement number 760150.